Welcome back, guys, to season two of Bag Alert. Uh, today, uh, we have a special guest, Abdelazak Saeed, um, who uh, graduated from the uh, business management at the University of Lethbridge. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. How's it going? Everything's going good. Um, you know, we finally have an in-person uh, episode today, so, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not over online, so I can actually, like, see you guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, this is my first podcast, so let's see how it goes. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. No, you're in good hands. Tarek is an expert here. He, he knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. <laughs> I'm just learning, guys. Okay. <laughs> um, so you told me that you was, you know, uh, you know, like doing, you know, a lot of like business work. You know, you like you own a couple of stores, and and uh, yeah, like I just wanted to like talk about that journey. So you know, in the beginning of your journey or you know career journey, which mostly starts around high school, um, like what were your interests? You know, like were you always interested in business or? Um, or like you kind of just like gain an interest like through your experiences when you were younger? No, I, I really um, didn't really have interest in business at the beginning. My first interest probably would be uh, when I took a marketing class in uh, grade 12, grade 11. Uh, that was very interesting and eye-opening. Um, and then from there, uh, I re- really didn't want to go into business at that, at that time. Um, I was just like a kid. I just wanted to play basketball. Um, and that's it really, to be honest with you, I just, that, that was my thing. Just play basketball, uh, chill with my friends, uh, watch movies. And, um, uh, that was my thing. Like just, just kick it. Yeah. yeah. Really so, honestly, I think that's yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's like most kids, you know, when they're, uh, you know, when they're like growing up, cause like they don't, you know, I, like, I guess like, you know, like I hear stories about like people like in, in some business program saying, yeah, I always want to do this ever since I was five years old. But, you know, it's mostly not, like, like, I don't think it's mostly the case. I think people just, like, you know, kids just grow up to be kids. Yeah. and like No, but the thing is with that, I'm not going to lie, when I hear people saying that, it's mostly Adam people say things like that. <laughs> like, I've been, yeah. I've, I've, like, for the amount of times I've heard Adam people like, oh, I've wanted to be a doctor ever since I was, like, five years old or something like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's not like that. It's, uh, I, I think it was more of a, I stumbled into it. Mm-hmm. So, at the beginning in university, I, I was doing sciences, um, and uh, that, that obviously as a, as a uh, Somali and your Somali parents want you to be either of three things, right? An engineer, uh, a doctor, and what's the third thing? Uh, a lawyer, maybe? Maybe a lawyer, yeah. something else. But usually, dentist. Dentist. For me, engineer or doctor usually is what they, they want you to become. So my dad yeah. was like that too. He's just pushing that. So pushing mm-hmm. that narrative. And uh, I tried it, but it, didn't, it quite yeah. frankly, wasn't my thing. So would you say like your parents were a big part of the reason why you initially went into sciences? 1000%. Okay. Yeah. That's, there's no doubt about that. It wasn't, it wasn't something I wanted to do at all. Mind you, I was, I, I like, I really enjoyed chemistry uh, in grade 12. I, 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 I read, I took it twice, but uh, when I did take it the second time, it depends on your teacher and the teacher was amazing. So that was, something that I really enjoyed but like at the end of the day when I went to university it was like this is not my thing this yeah. the science thing <laughs> is not what I what what Ilahi brought me on this earth for <laughs> you know so, yeah. Yeah. so that's where I was at it was epiphany I was like yeah I gotta get out of this quick <laughs> like was it like yeah. right during like first year of university when this happened we like I don't want to do this or no no it was uh actually it was after uh, a few different um uh, uh, tries at it like I went to Concordia College things weren't working there here in Edmonton um, and then I went to Grand McEwen for a bit um, and then I was like man this is, this thing is not working and then I went to University of Lethbridge 
mind you, when you when you you don't get good grades, they they start like questioning you to even apply, right? Like mm-hmm. when when you're in your application process, they want to see uh, where you've been before and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So kind of like maneuvered my way through the application process and got accepted at the University of Lethbridge. And then um, I was in sciences there for a bit. And then I just said, you know, this is too much. Um, let me just try business, <clears throat> something that I think I would enjoy. Um, mind you, I, I, I did try like a few different things when I was younger. I was like, like small, small ventures. Like, let's see if I can go into a dealership and, and just see if, if I can pitch them on a new, uh, at that time, it's like a new card system like for uh, client cards and stuff like that. I was like, mm. I, I tried small different things, but it, it really it was just something that I that I stumbled into, not something that I really wanted to do at the beginning. Yeah. Just yeah. a sidebar real quick. So when you went to the University of Lethbridge, were you living in Lethbridge or yes. were you commuting back and forth? No, no, I lived in, in Lethbridge. So I, I literally packed my bags. Uh, I told my mom, well, at the beginning, I, I applied to the University of Lethbridge. They had an Edmonton campus. Mm-hmm. So this was crazy. Oh, wow. I, 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 I walk into the Edmonton campus and I'm like, um, okay, I can't find my classes. And then she says, well, your classes are in Lethbridge. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they flipped the script on you. I'm like, oh man, I didn't I know. That was like, okay, so um, I have to move to Lethbridge now. I took my student loans. I took all this stuff. Um, I, I tell my mom, hey, you know, the class started start next week. Um, and I have to move over there. So I literally went over there, journey and a half. Um, I go there. Um, I have no idea where I'm at. I'm like, I'm asking the taxi driver after. This was at the time where they had Greyhound. I don't know if you guys remember. Or have you ever taken the Greyhound? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like, I don't know. Not yeah, old like, enough to... Yeah. to no, I, I remember the, 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 this one news story when I was a little kid. Where, like, some guy, like... Uh, there was a cannibal on on the Greyhound or something. Yes, that was, that that's was the one in, thing I know about Greyhound. Yeah, yeah really? that was in Edmonton. Yeah, oh, that was Bella. Yeah, he had mental health issues. He, uh, yeah, let's not get into that. But mm-hmm. yeah, he had a whole thing that happened where he was like taking people's necks off and stuff. <laughs> so, oh, um, yeah. But anyways, I took the Greyhound before that happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> when I went, I went down to uh, Lethbridge, and then I was like, let me take. Uh, it was weird. Like when you take the Greyhound in in small cities, it's 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 very interesting it's like first off you're pretty much the only black person um and then you go into these these weird um little towns like and there's always like the same thing there's a an w and um like a tim hortons maybe a, not no. even a tim hortons there's a no, they probably have yeah. arby's too there huh no there's strictly just a w is all over it used to be with with greyhounds and then that was it like even here in edmonton right beside the, the greyhound there's a w at that time i don't know if it's still there so, but anyways, um, it was very interesting. So I land there and then there's, um, nobody that I know. I'm like, I'm asking the taxi driver, just take me to, um, take me as close as possible to the, uh, to the university. So I go there and I'm like, where well, I got to find a place now. So I go to the university and I, you got, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, there was, there was little, there was, it was not much online. You had to go and like, um, like look at the flyers on the, on the billboards that or on the bullet bulletin boards mm-hmm. and the university and just grab those uh, tickets off. So I was just grabbing some off, and then I just picked the first place that accepted me. So there's one fella, this uh, Canadian fella, this Adan guy. Uh, he was doing neuroscience, and then he was my roommate. Uh, he accepted me in there, and uh, he was very interesting, to be honest. One, one day he was like, like he was like running around naked, and it, it was messed up. <laughs> like I was like, what am I doing here? So then eventually I got into roommates with like Muslims, alhamdulillah. 
So that was uh, I got to find the MSAs. Like MSAs are really cool for that. Alhamdulillah. So that was that was really good. And then I, I started my business uh, program. Oh, so nice. well, at first I was in science, and then I started my business program. Nice. Like how's that like that transition from like you know sciences to like to business? Like did it feel a bit different? Do you enjoy it more? Oh, oh yeah. Like uh, I found uh, like business to be a lot more uh, for for me engaging. And I, I could understand it better. It was a lot more real life um, scenarios, especially like when you do case studies and stuff of that, stuff, stuff, stuff of that nature. So, nice, nice. I guess after like you was like done your degree or whatever, um, like how did that turn into you know you uh, you know focusing on becoming a business owner or like? Yes. So for for myself, the the when I was in university in my last year. Um, I was working at the same time. I was working full time, and I was um, I had got I had got married at the age of twenty four. Um, yeah, so it was uh, it was interesting. I don't advise everybody to do that. The hindsight is twenty twenties, but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's very it's very hard life when you're working full time, going to school full time, and you're married. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, not for everybody. Would I do it? Would I? Do so it? were you like in Lethbridge at that time too? No, I uh, I'm on my third. Third and fourth year, I came back to Edmonton, but the okay. Edmonton campus was only for third and fourth year. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. So then I came back here, and um, I don't, I think they closed down the Edmonton campus now, so it's only Calgary and Lethbridge. Mm-hmm. I, that's about it. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I was working full time, and I was um, I was literally um, going to school full time as well. But I had figured out at that time how to like study. So studying is like something you learn. Um, mm-hmm. as you go, right? Like, you're like, okay, it's the same thing over and over. You have to, you, you know what's going to happen on the test, right? Like, they're going to ask you about each chapter, um, the, the key aspects of each chapter, and you just have to learn how to take notes, and you just become a master at taking tests. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So, yeah, I feel that too, honestly. I don't know if you guys feel like that. Yeah, no. no I feel 100%. like that too. Yeah, yeah heavily. Because, honestly, I remember when I started university, I thought I cracked the code. I was like, yeah, all I got to do is reread the notes. And... I'm walking out with a 4.0. <laughs> but that didn't happen, obviously. Uh, you know, I reread my notes, but I would still get rocked because I wouldn't actually learn or memorize anything, you know, or understand concepts. So, yeah, I think, like, learning is actually, like, a skill itself, you know, learning to learn. Like, most people, like, they, you know, learn a bit later, but, you know, like, I think, like, what's important is to, I like learning how to learn by, like, reading books and, like, asking, like, uh, like others in upper years and stuff. But that's, like, an important skill, I think. And, you know, you just get better at it yeah. through time. I, I agree with you because like yeah. I remember when I finished my first year I met a guy who was in the same program as me but he just graduated and so he kind of like gave me some tips on how to study and he recommended some books I read so like over the summer like before my second year I like read a bunch of books on like how to study and like um, space repetition and active recall and stuff and then I went into second year I did all that stuff and it the, like the difference was like night and day and like the amount of time I was spending studying was like way less it was like, just way more efficient and stuff so like, learning how to learn is, like, honestly, it's, like, just as important as, like, going to class, you know? Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And you wish uh, somebody had taught you that beforehand, but you just, like, you, you learn, yeah, the, like, I, nobody yeah. teaches you that. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And that's why we have this podcast, right? To, yeah. to put everyone on game on how to learn and stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Navigate university. So then, uh, no, so uh, back to the question. So a critical point that got me to business was um, in my last year at university. So you never know when the opportunity is going to hit, right? Yeah. So on my last year at university, I had a, uh, what they call a, a key class or whatever you want to call it. It was called, I think, 
strategic operations management or something like that. I forget now. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, 10 years ago. <laughs> so there's a guy that walks in. He's, um, he's doing a, uh, we had a, a lot of people walk in and do um, presentations of whatever business they were, they were into. Um, so this guy comes in, he's wearing uh, gaiters. Uh, he's wearing like a really uh, nice suit. Um, he's wearing uh, a hat that's like, I don't know, what, what do you call those hats that are like, like, what do you call those that are like long? Like they kind of, they're not, not like. Not the cowboy hats? Not the cowboy hats, the, the, the nice ones. Like a fedora? Like, like a fedora, yeah, there you go. He's wearing a fedora, like with, like sometimes they put the. Yeah, with, with the feather on the side. He didn't have the feather, right? So he comes in, I'm like, this guy must be somebody's, somebody very important, right? Yeah. Let me get his, let me get his card. I'm going to hit him up when I'm like, I'm going to hit him up or I'm going to tell him I'm going to keep in touch with him. So he's he's actually he was with the Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Board or something like that. I don't think he was with the board, but he was one of the one of those uh, organizations, right? So he deal, he deals with uh, the bottle depots and so on. So then I'm like, uh, at the end when I'm when I when I was done, I kept on in touch with him to ask him if he had any opportunities for work and so on. Um, and then um, I, actually after I graduated, I I, I got a pro, I got a project management position. At a company called Key Tech, and uh, I, I started off as a junior project manager, and then I became a project manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was I would always look for ideas of, man, I'm making this company so much money, like I'm sure I could figure something out. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, it, it can't be that difficult. So then I, I I hit up this guy. I was like, hey, uh, do you, do you have any consulting opportunities? All right. So I, I, I at that time uh, I don't know if the um, what's that guy's name. Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle, the black guy, the actor, the actor, the actor, yeah, and he was in like that. What's that consulting? Oh, House thing? of Lies. Is it House of Lies? The consulting I, I, show. I haven't watched it in years. Because it was a parody off of House of Cards, right? Yeah, I think that's what the show was meant to be. But I think it was called House of Lies. Yeah, and it's about consulting and how. Yeah, it's, and it's he has a firm and stuff. Yeah, and it's a bunch of BS. Like he yeah. says, <laughs> yeah, he just says consulting is pure BS. <laughs> and. I'm, one thousand percent, he's he's right. So I like, so I'm like, uh, I'm asking him, like, I was watching these uh, shows and like, let me try it out. Let, let me ask this guy for a consulting gig. So he goes, uh, call this other guy, uh, Malcolm. His name is Malcolm Kirkland. He's like, call him. He will, uh, and he'll arrange an, uh, a, basically not an interview, but he'll arrange uh, a meeting so that he can see what what you need, what he has for uh, needs for consulting. I'm like, I'm like sick. Yeah. Like that was that easy. It was that, it was that easy. I kept on in touch with him, and I I got literally uh, in front of this uh, this basically a president, Malcolm Kirkland of the uh, Beverage Container Management Board, and then I'm like, um, I don't I don't know how this is gonna go because I've never done anything like this, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I go into the meeting. I'm like, hey, um, you know, I know the Guy. He says you guys need consulting. What is there anything I can assist you guys with? He's like, yeah, we do a market research survey every year. And uh, it'd be nice to get a quote from you. So I'm like, okay. So that I don't know wow. how to do a quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've wow. done quotes before for my company as a project yeah. manager, but like a, a consulting quote, I was yeah. like, how do I go? And, about and just for clarification, so the quote is he's basically asking you what the price is for for your consulting services. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. It's it's a it's a proposal. Like, okay. It's not really a quote. It's a proposal on consulting. But he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, submit a proposal and we'll go from there. And I'm like, okay. So what do I charge? How do I go about this? Uh, what are the you know what are the requirements? I have no idea. 
So I, I go online, just try to figure out other proposals that are out there. Uh, if I can uh, copy them, right? Like yeah. just see what, where they're at. But what do I charge was the, the biggest question. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let me see. Uh, at that time, like I'm like, I'm like, let me investigate this company, right? They must have financial statements, right? Yeah. Let me look through the financial <laughs> statements. They, they must, they're technically, um, what were they? They were, they're like, they're not governmental, but they're like semi-governmental, if that makes any sense. Yeah, they're right. like, mm-hmm. private. they work with the private sector because mm-hmm. they work with like people like, uh, like organizations like Pepsi, uh, Coca-Cola, Mm-hmm. And they also work with the, the government of Alberta as well because mm-hmm. they, they handle all of the – if you buy any anything, any bottle, um, they, there's a deposit at each retailer, right? Yeah. yeah. They manage mm-hmm. that. Okay. Right? So there's, there's kind of like the in-between between the government, the big corporations, and so on. So like who gets that profit from like – you know, like that um – that uh, like extra charge thing that you yeah the deposit yeah the deposit, the deposit. Like, so you get the deposit back oh, right okay. oh no, when you recycle when you re- when you recycle there's a lot of money that a lot of people don't recycle yeah I'm not gonna lie to recycle right? <laughs> so, so there's a, there's there's a revenue uh, they're they're positive on the revenue when it comes to this because a lot of people just don't recycle mm-hmm. uh, so they'll just keep that money right so mm-hmm. it's it's it, it's non refundable they just keep it so like, how would they know you recycle though like what if you just like I don't know just grab a bottle and just put in some random recycling bin or like do they like check where you live or like like you know what I mean like how yeah. do they, how would they know no no so you basically there's bottle depots all around town right oh so, so like, yeah, through those yeah, bottle depots yeah then. you you bring it in oh, okay. and you just get your money back oh I see. so so that yeah that's that's the corporation but then. Um, I'm like, yo, how do I, I, so I'm going through their financial statements. I see a marketing budget. I'm like, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's see. Let, 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 let me aim for the moon. Let me go for the full, <laughs> full marketing exactly. budget. <laughs> let me put that on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the proposal, right? So I think it was like 50 some thousand. I'm like, let, let me, let me aim for the moon. This is, I just graduated. I'm 24 years old. So I, I put 50,000 on the proposal. And lo and behold, I get a, I get a call back. They're like, yeah, come in. And I actually get it. Oh my god! Yeah, it's proper. Yeah, so I had it. So I'm like, yo, let me. And I, I kind of felt uh, like being middle, being uh, black. I honestly, at that time, I felt like maybe uh, I should bring like a down person with me. To yeah. be honest with you. <laughs> so I asked my buddy Gary to come with me. Uh, as my uh, wingman, if you want to call it. <laughs> so then he comes with me, even though I did now, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it just because like it was a very bad um, experience between me and him at the end. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I had that contract for two years and it was an extra 50 K a year between us, like 25 for me, 25 for him. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. And then like, to be honest, like we were just going to bottle depots and just taking uh, questionnaires and, uh, just asking them key questions uh, to uh, to people that that use the bottle depots, and that was it. Like, and it was quick. Like it was wow. Yeah, it was like two weeks. Did you have any employees, or was it just you guys? Just me and him. And two it. weeks work. Two weeks work. Wow, that's bad. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Actually, yeah. So it was it was pretty it was pretty good. That was my first first uh, business endeavor, mm-hmm. um, and then I went on to and then after that, it's like, and that was like the initial. It was like, wow, this is this is amazing. I should you know. Yeah, like I should focus on business, maybe. Yeah, I, no. At that point, I was like, "Hey, man, if there's if any opportunities, and even till now, if any opportunities knock, let me just go ahead and and get into it. Yeah, like, don't don't block any opportunities." So, so you wouldn't say you're the type of person if there's an opportunity, you just take it. You wouldn't even care if you like have the skills and stuff. It's like I'll figure it out as as I go. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but the, like one thing I did uh, like learn throughout the, the ages, if you want to call it, it's only been about 10 years, but um, is, is, is the people around you too. Like mm-hmm. you want to be very careful on who you have around you. Uh, that's a big thing as well. So that's one thing I learned. Like you just, you can't just say yes to all the opportunities. And if you don't have the right people around you, it'll just become a negative toxic environment. Uh, you'll kind of lose yourself to be honest. Okay. So you have to be careful on that as well. Yeah. Cause I guess that maybe like there's a cutthroat environment in, in, in that business world. Yeah. So. Well, no, like m- money just kind of changes people. And then they, they start, um, uh, there's a, obviously human greed. Um, right, exactly. So um, you just want to you want to be true to yourself. Uh, you don't want to lose your values, and mm-hmm. you just want to do it right by everybody. Um, and maybe you want people that are like have the same mindset as you, mm-hmm. and like you can't just let go of like your your critical values. You know, like some stuff you, you just can't let slide. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's one thing I learned like throughout the ages. Like I was very, I'm still very, uh, you know, laid back. Um, I probably w- will forgive and forget quickly, but it's just, it's, um, now I'm starting to realize that that's not the, the right way. If somebody clearly shows you like that, they're not, you know, like they're not on the same wavelength, mm-hmm. you shouldn't force it. Just leave yeah. it, leave it alone. You know what I mean? So that's what I learned. But anyways, that was my first, first ever business, uh, win, if you want to yeah. call it. Big W. Yeah. And then when I went and cashed the check at the bank, I was my mind was through the clouds. <laughs> like I was like livid. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm-hmm. Like it was beautiful. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was game changer for me. Cause I was like, if it's this easy to make money, like why, like why work for somebody? Like really? Or yeah. let me work for somebody at the same time. Uh, let me do this uh, on the side as well. So that was that's where I was at yeah. at the beginning. So would you say like your experiences in project management help you like recognize your value? Yes. In terms of like the value your ideas have at least, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then like you learn, you have to go through an organization to learn the flow, mm-hmm. right? So you see uh, the whole process, right? So how do you, like from the beginning, you have a proposal. How do you manage the, uh, the actual work, right? How do you ma- manage client management, right? Your interpersonal skills. Um, you just leave your clients in the dark until the end. Uh, one thing I did learn is I I, I was one to procrastinate uh, deadlines. I don't know if you guys are. Uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm very bad with that. <laughs> and it, it's part of the game. Like it's it, it's it end up it's kind of like understood in in consulting procrastination pro, pro, you know, prolonging uh, deadlines in consulting is just the the norm, right? But you just want to be careful because they kind of from a interpersonal skill between your teammates that can that can leave a bad. Um, like very bad taste in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's one thing that me, that me and Gary had, uh, like he had, he had legitimate concerns was just, I kept on procrastinating. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, like you just learn as you go. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I started, well, I guess with procrastination, it's just, it's, it's almost very natural because like everybody does it to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, but I think it depends on like how you, I guess, communicate that with others. You know, especially like a team, I'm pretty sure like, like the way you mentioned having interpersonal skills, communicating with others and stuff uh, about, you know, maybe maybe like missing deadlines or, yeah, just want to put that out there. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. No, no, you just, you have to, like, you have to have emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. like, it, and it just, it takes time to learn that. You just, 
there's an IQ. You could just be the smartest person ever, but if you don't know how to deal with people, it's very difficult. Like if yeah. you, if you, even if you look at the, you know, like the Elon Musk's of the world, it's high IQ, not so much EQ, but it, it works for him. Like he's like, like from what I see, anyways. Like it depends on what gathering he's in too. Like I find like if he's in, if he's in a gathering with other people, he understands. It's like it, he 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 meshes with them. You know what I mean? Like, it, but it, even for myself, it's like the same thing as well. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're if you're in the same um, if if you're in a gathering with people with the same wavelength, you'll you'll mm-hmm. see that you have high higher EQ, EQ with them. But then if you're in a place where like they're you know maybe you, you don't know how to deal with ladies or you don't know how to talk to women or uh, things that your EQ might go down to zero, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So like it depends on what setting you're in. That's that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense actually. Because I guess you know, if you understand everybody in your, uh, like in the room or whatever, you know, like you can, I guess it'd be easier to communicate with them. And like just having that understanding with each other will like lead to less, like less problems, rather than like you not knowing how someone else on the team feels. Uh, in that sense, yeah, yeah. So, I guess like through you know like through that first experience, um, like what led you to like more of your business like endeavors? I'm pretty sure you told me about like some businesses like that like that you own currently. Or that you like, you know, like worked on like uh, in the recent past. Yeah. So like, I guess how did that, you know, like like how was like the transition from that to you know like owning businesses and focusing on on building businesses? Absolutely. So no, the second business um, that came about was a company called Quick Wrap. Um, so that came about my my uh, my business partner was um, he's, he's kind of he's family anyways. Uh, he's related to he was he's related to me. But anyways, he uh, he came up with me th- with this idea. He's like, "Yo, you manage projects." Uh, I thought it was BS uh, at the beginning. It's like shrink wrapping. What the heck is shrink wrapping? <laughs> yeah, but, like what is that actually? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, it is. yeah, so shrink wrapping is like a method of containment. So for construction, um, so then we we utilize many uh, applications, right? So like the modulars, you'll wrap modulars, or if you want to do hoarding in the winter, you could use it for hoarding. Um, so basically to contain heat or protect against elements. Mm-hmm. So uh, for, I would, for, 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 construction for, for construction, mainly for construction. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then I, I thought it was like, Hey, I, it's not going to happen. Right. So we still, so, but I was like, let me try it. Right. Like I got nothing to lose. So he came, he, first off, he came to my house. He was wearing a quick wrap, uh, golf shirt. And I thought it was like a franchise, like the way yeah. he had the logo, mm-hmm. His buddy made the logo, and I was like, "This must be some sort of franchise or something." He's like, "This is a franchise." He's like, "No, no, it's a pyramid this- scheme." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's like, "No, this is not a franchise. This is uh, this is my company that I made." Uh, and I'm like, "Okay, do you have a do you have it registered?" He's like, "Yeah, I got it registered. I got it everything." He's like, he's like, "You want if you want to help me, let's let's do this." He's like, "I'll, I'll give you seven percent of the company." Like seven percent of nothing. <laughs> what is that, right? So, uh, then, so then he, 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 I'm like, let's go, let's try, let's try it, whatever. So then we start a website. We start a GoDaddy website, and then we put a uh, shrink wrapping. Put out, we copy pretty much everything from another competitor. Um, and then he had seen that competitor on site because he was he's a journeyman scaffolder on site. <laughs> so he's seen them, and he's seen them in Fort McMurray, and they're like, he's seen their utilization, right? And what they're doing, and he's seen the, their costs as well because he had access to it. He's like these guys are making a lot of money. I'm like, okay, whatever. And, said, and then he has he had a lot of uh, principles. Like he's like, if we could be the top three in a niche market, we will be very very. We can make a lot of revenue, right? Mm-hmm. 
So there wasn't that many people in, in uh, Edmonton doing it or in Alberta in, in general. We were like the third, literally. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there was uh, another company called Integral. Uh, there was another company called uh, Alberta Shrinkwrap. And there was us as the newcomers. That was it. So then we were like, okay, let's 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 do a GoDaddy website. Really simple. $50. We do it. And we literally, literally get a call from uh, from like very high uh, oil companies, Call, oh, wow. calling my cell phone while I'm at work. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how crazy it is. So Imperial Oils, for one of the first companies that calls us, Imperial Oil, calls us. They, oh, we need a quote for this. They send an email. I thought it's like, yo, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and this was like right after they started the company. Right, at, like a week after. Week like a week, like just a week after, wow. like literally, we're getting calls from like PCL, Imperial Oil, all the stuff. Mind you, we didn't get the work at the beginning because we didn't have a portfolio to go off of, mm-hmm. right? So we're yeah. just sending out quotes, and we didn't know that's the name of the game at the beginning. Even in construction, you may send out like a hundred quotes before you get a project. Mm-hmm. So then we're sending out quotes uh, to Imperial Oil. Um, there was um, Suncor. Wow. Uh, there was uh, PCL calling us and those are big companies big man. companies calling us so then we're like okay this this is real so we, we put more money into the website a couple hundred bucks <laughs> <laughs> there's only so much you can put into a website <laughs> especially when you don't have money right so, so then we then we uh we literally made it look a little bit more proper and then um after a while we uh we got a call from a company called dawson wallace and in calgary uh they were building um a big uh, warehouse Called the it was called the RDC, uh, SDC Home Depot. You can Google it, but mm-hmm. it's it's real. Uh, okay, so and then so they're building this massive five hundred thousand square foot warehouse, and they're like, let's hoard it. What's shrink wrap? Can we get a can we get a cost? Like sure, whatever. And so we put a cost together, and uh, lo and behold, like we're like okay, he keeps calling us every other month, and he's like, hey, do you, do you guys do you, are you guys still uh, holding that price for us? Like, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, I'm I'm at work, like, I'm a project manager. I don't even know what, like, sure, whatever, <laughs> you know? And then so so then he at the end, he was like, uh, like about six months later, he's like, yeah, we got the project. We're ready to go. Uh, we're going to send out a contract. Mind you, this project that we quoted is like half a million dollars. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> we don't have ha- even like 90,000 or we probably need 100,000 to do this project. Mm-hmm. We don't have the money. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, Do you have any staff, or it was just you two? At the end, we got we had to get staff because there's mm-hmm. no way we're doing this project on our own. Not not only that, we don't know how to shrink wrap. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> At that time, we had no clue. <laughs> we may have done like a eight thousand. We did an eight thousand dollar job uh, with another company, a scaffolding company. Prior to that, called Unique, they were one of our first clients, I guess. But other than that, that job went to crap. Uh, it didn't do well. Um, and we, we didn't know what we were doing. So then we're like, okay, on the second one, on this big one, first off, we have to quit our jobs because there's no way oh, yeah. we're doing a $500,000 job on, uh, on, you know, working part-time or we have yeah. to physically be there. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so we were like, okay, let's, let's just quit our jobs. And, uh, we got, we got a credit line for like dollars $90,000 or like, let's see how this goes. Um, so then we, we bought the material hired a whole bunch of guys from uh, BC, which was a bad idea because they were lazy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> were you with your hiring? Did you like? Um, was it just open to anyone, or were you like uh, trying to get like um, like Somali people or like? You know, oh no, they were not. They were not Somali whatsoever. Yeah. They were just people that had experience in uh, in in shrink wrapping. Okay. So okay. Like, there's no Somali, no shrink wrapping. Yeah. So um, so we, as far as I know, I could be wrong. Uh, but in anyways, we hired these guys from BC because it's very popular in BC. We're like, okay, we shipped out like, I don't know, there's four or five guys that came from BC. Uh, and then they literally dragged the job. They were like, I mean, pot is a huge thing in BC. They were potheads. Um, and it was very difficult uh, yeah. to do this job. But we got it completed uh, with with not the profits we expected because we did a cost breakdown, but it was it, it dragged on. And uh, we made a little, we made, we did make money, but it wasn't what we expected, right? On half a million, we may have made like 50,000 bucks because of all the, mm-hmm. all the, lear- the learning of, uh, yeah. of all the BS, right? And how long did this take? Uh, that took about six months to complete mm-hmm. the, the job. Oh, wow. So it was, it was a learning curve. Um, but then we're like, okay, we could turn this into a real business uh, and bounce back. And there's, there's quite a bit of margins in shrink wrapping. It's, it's very uh, lucrative. So it's, it, you're literally charging, you know, like a dollar to almost $2 a square feet on, on a shrink wrap you buy for like 30 cents a square foot, right? Mm-hmm. So if that. So it was very profitable. So then we, we turned it into a, a real business. And then, uh, but we had, we had ne- never had a business on our own, right? So we, we turned it all the way up to our revenues went up to like $5 million a year. Oh, wow. Mashallah. Mashallah. Yeah. That's but, solid. But what does that really mean? Well, how much profit, are you keeping, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You learn that throughout the time. Like yeah, you yeah. can make five million, but what do you keep? Mm-hmm. All right. So then we we got into a positions where like we, we had to shut down that company because it was there was way too much liabilities on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a learning curve, right? So mm-hmm. we're like, okay, we messed up on that one. Let's get let, we we can learn. Yeah. We we if you mess up when you're young, it's okay, right? Because you can learn from yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And how old were you yeah. at this point? Like 24, 25? Yeah, that was between the age of. Uh, 26 to uh we shut it down when i was like 30 30 or 31 yeah oh, okay we shut we shut down the company because it was there was way too many liabilities on it and uh we tried to do other things we delved into like scaffolding which is like high capital low margin industry which i would never uh advise anybody to get into mm-hmm. um but like yeah we, unless you have like huge financial backing uh, but yeah, like there, we had to shut down that company because it was uh, it was literally uh, a mess financially. Yeah, on the on financial statements. Yeah. Were you still on seven percent by the end? Oh no no, I, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. that quickly changed. Yeah, that, uh, even when we got the project, that quickly changed to me owning fifty okay. percent of the company because I was like, yo, this is I'm doing way too much work to own seven percent. You know, so. And I, I don't get into businesses, any businesses where I don't, I don't own at least like 50%, 50, at least 50% or is it, if it's just three of us, like equal share. Yeah. All right. It's, it's just, it's not like for me, I'm, I'm like, I got the Mamba mentality, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I just give it my all. All right. Even then after that, like when we started the comp- our company, new company is called LA group. Um, and we, uh, we literally do shrink wrapping as well, but we do other things like, uh, we do e-commerce. And we have a health store. We had a physical location, but we, we the physical location wasn't going well, so we had to. We were just strictly online. Um, so then that's what that's what we do now. E-commerce is a different game altogether. 
it's a, it's the new new world uh i would advise everybody to look into it and it's it's not that difficult you know so mm-hmm. yeah I, I actually had a chance to drop uh do i think a, a bit of e-commerce back in 2017 back when like this like this whole job shipping thing was quite new so i remember uh, hopping onto that um it was pretty fun actually uh like for a bit i think i uh, like i opened up a store for roughly i think seven months i wasn't making too much you know i was just on the side you know throwing 20 bucks a week maybe on like on instagram ads or whatever uh but yeah like it was like a fun experience and honestly i think you know it's quite possible for for like anyone to start and anyone to build because of like the low like the lower initial investment that makes sense so so was it like a drop on a drop shipping basis not no not really it's um i would advise against drop shipping to be honest Mm -hmm. because it's um you can't really control the customer service aspect of it um you don't see how they're packing um especially if it's from china i would stay away from it actually i had an issue with that i remember um i got a call from i think like a a customer saying this is not from your store this is from this is from china so i think they sent the wrong one <laughs> and i tried to explain to her that you know we we are <laughs> we hold our supplies in china and they and it's gonna accept it because like they didn't see my branding on there you know what i mean so i think that's a like serious issue with drop shipping yeah yeah and i'm not gonna lie um i don't know if a lot of people are like this but like when i think of e-commerce i automatically think of like scams you know what I mean? Like, I know back in the day, the YouTube videos of Yo, the yeah. guy, oh, this is my Lamborghini yeah. and these are my books and stuff. Yeah, like those guys like, were scammers, I'm pretty sure. They yeah, got and, and, and like every time, like, like um, for me, I know why I always associate it with, uh, with all those YouTube ads and stuff. I've never taken it like seriously. Yeah, you know? I was the same way when I first seen it. Um, uh, we're like, okay, so first we started with Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Headache on its own, Amazon. Uh, but then we, we, so we started with Amazon, we're like, okay, uh, let's list a few listings, um, just reselling, arbitrage, and it it was. I was like, okay, we made like five thousand in a month. I was like, okay, not bad. And with like twenty percent margin, so I was like, okay, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're like, uh, we delved deep into Amazon actually, like to to a point where we're making like millions on Amazon. Oh, yeah, so it, it was it was it was really good. Yeah. Um, now Amazon, after Jeff Bezos left, completely different story canceling a whole bunch of stuff um brands are oh, wow. are going deep into uh pressuring sellers not uh, resellers to not sell their products um so there's a lot of um barriers now if you want to call it uh and pressure right it's from uh from from the brand owners themselves of you selling their products right so they it's just like if somebody was selling your podcast right Mm-hmm. You you wouldn't you wouldn't allow that right? That's your exactly. Oh yeah, I, I would I would stop them at all costs. Hey, give me a cut. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I wouldn't even accept the cut of my own product. I yeah, want the yes. the full hundred percent. No, like, I don't like a ninety percent profit. So you know, I'll, I'll, at the I'll be profiting. So exactly yeah. better than them selling it and keeping everything. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, that's, yeah, that's next level. Yeah, so that's the what we're what we ran into. We're like, okay, we got to figure out our own store uh so we started building our own own ex- like platform our own website uh but that didn't work well either uh we we, we spent a whole bunch of money in india mm-hmm. for for them to build a actual like website uh, e-commerce website and um as well as an app but that um failed horribly uh because there's a lot a lot that more that, that goes into it uh there's like metadata uh, into the pages and a whole bunch of stuff. So then we're like, 
what's the best way? And then we, uh, with the help of, uh, I don't know if you guys know Yasser? Yeah. 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 So Yasser introduced us to uh, another brother called Sam. And Sam was, um, he was a specialist in like Shopify. Right. Mm -hmm. He's a Muslim, he's a Muslim Somali brother here in Edmonton. Right. Shout out to to Sam, actually. Uh, If you ever need a Shopify uh, website or anything of that nature, he, he's the real deal. Like we've spent money with other people and other, uh, other uh, agencies like Web3 developments. Antoine, he's a good guy, but he's really like results, right? Like you want to see the results. The results is, are you? Can you make me money, right? Yeah. If yeah. I give you five thousand, are you actually going to be able to produce me a website that's going to generate money? And nobody's really ever done it except for Sam for us, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes into it. There's Google Ads, um, and like he was, he's a Google Ad specialist, if you want to call it, and he was able to uh, to cr- instantly. Um, we went to like 30,000 a month on our own, on our own website. Wow. wow. So, and it was very good profits. Right. So Alhamdulillah, that's, that's where we're, we're headed. We're, we want to do our own stuff. We still do Amazon, but it's like Amazon is just a leaky bucket. And it's, it's just a matter of time before, unless you're selling your own product, like literally like your own brand. Um, it's not the way to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah. And plus like, I guess. With, I, I don't know how much like how much Amazon charges because I saw some people like complaining about how like they take a lot like a big chunk of your money or or, or, or maybe, like it was a big scare to avoid people to sell on Amazon but yeah no they take a cut to. yeah they take a cut of your of your money as well but they're the biggest thing is it's yeah sure take a cut but it's like if I especially there's two different things it's there's FBA just fulfilled by Amazon mm-hmm. and you have to store the the, the actual um, inventory in their warehouses yeah. so that one it's like at any point in time they can cancel it can you imagine having fifty thousand dollars worth of uh, inventory in an amazon fba warehouse and they say this listing is canceled wow wow that no i'll be i'll be back honestly happened it happened to us a couple of times wait just yeah. your product gone gone and not and they're not returning it what yeah yeah they, they basically have too much control at that point right because it's their platform they can yes write the rules as they go that's actually crazy. I, yeah. never, I never knew they can just cancel it. I thought they had to like at least at least you know ship it out to you. No, but and it, they they make it so that there's like investigations and you really never see your material back. To be honest, especially because you're sending it through the border and then on its way back, it's very difficult to get it back to begin with. So it's yeah, that's Amazon is just a leaky bucket. Anybody tells you that that's the way to go or that's the money the way to make money, I would I would literally uh, question them. And um, and I wouldn't uh, go that route. I'll just build your own thing, uh, build your own website, and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more struggle, but that's just the way to do it. Solid. Um, wow. So like, I guess you know through that transition. So like, like you know, like we just said that you avoid going out on Amazon and like building your own site. Um, so like, do you see? I guess like people sell on Amazon as you know as like a I don't know, ticking time bomb. Until everything gets like, like loses their, I guess, ability to sell or. or yeah, it, no, it is a ticking time bomb for sure. It's a it, and it's only a matter of time before they they don't allow resellers on there. Um, at the beginning, obviously, it was making the Amazon a lot of money, but now through relationships with the brand owners, it's like they just want to control the whole value chain, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, why allow other people to resell our products? You know, that's 
hundreds of millions of dollars lost <clears throat> for no reason for no reason yeah. for this guy that wants to sell my stuff so it's not the way to go oh wow yeah so like with like your other businesses like what like which one would you say is your most i guess favorable one or like one that you enjoy doing the most that's a good question because it's like everybody talks about like should you enjoy it and this and that i enjoy making money yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the that's the that's, real business. That's the real business, business of making yeah. money. Yeah, like I don't, um, I don't discriminate versus <laughs> any way of making money. Whether it's selling cars, whether it's uh, selling T-shirts, whatever it is, it's uh, as long as you have some sort of uh, drive to to make money. Um, like I, I enjoy, I do enjoy e-commerce. But it has its own challenges as well, right? So it's like consistently I'm getting emails about, you know, my order this, my order that. And like, like I, so we only have three people, right? Mm-hmm. And we're running a $2 million uh, e-commerce uh, revenue generating company a year, right? So it's like very difficult. Sometimes I barely sleep, I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. So then it's like, uh, which one would be the most... Uh, you know, work-life balance, uh, equilibrium. Yeah, like least problematic almost. Yeah, like consulting would probably be the top. Like, mm-hmm. and, but I don't have too many consulting gigs uh, lately, but consulting would probably be the top um, and the easiest. Mm-hmm. But um, I, like one thing that I want to get into, to be honest with you, is, is like software as a service. Uh, that's a big thing. Yasser knows we've had so many discussions about that. Yeah, I'm pretty talk to me about um, SEO, right? Oh, no, that's different. SEO oh, is yeah. uh, search engine optimization. We have, we do have, uh, uh, between me, Sam, and my other business partner, we have uh, firstpages.ca, which is a SEO uh, web development company. Not too many gigs either yet. Inshallah, we get more. Inshallah, yeah. Inshallah. Uh, but there's, but then in terms of software as a service, it's like literally building uh, a software and you get recurring income on subscriptions, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we want to go. That's where the, the real businesses. The businesses go for real. Uh, that's the way I see it, anyways. Um, so yeah, I know I spoke to Yasser about it a lot. So he he, he knows uh, that I'm very interested in, in that, and I always yeah. like research it to see what's like what's a good software out there that I could build so I could push it and get recurring income. So that's that's my goal uh, yeah. in the future, inshallah. Inshallah, that's great. That's great. Um, so like, you know, what would you recommend, or I guess. A piece of advice for somebody who's you know maybe in high school, like just starting university, um, that's maybe interested in business or just like in general, uh, and you know are a bit confused on what to do in life and like what to focus on career wise. Yes. So um, my recommendation would be don't don't be so hard on yourself, right? Go like allow yourself to go with the flow. Um, like whatever it is that you're in currently, try it out. If it doesn't work, try something else. Uh, whether you're in uh, sciences, whether you're in math major, if it's not working for you, try something else. Don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, I, I lost four years doing this or whatever it is. So what? Yeah. Like you're still young. Try something else. See how it goes, mm-hmm. and uh, and just keep trying. Right? Like it, you'll never, you never, you never will know what will work for you, right? And just be open to opportunities. Uh, be open to talking to people. Um, go out there and like. You know, there's a lot of us who are introverts. Yeah. But, like, try to step out of your uh, comfort zone a little bit. Like, every so often, try to say, okay, let me let me send out an email to so-and-so to see, see if he answers. 
Let me send out an email to Mark Cuban, see if he answers. <laughs> <laughs> you would be shocked. He might answer. Yeah. Like, he, like, like I'm dead serious. I want, uh, like, one of my biggest things, I, I say email is a very, very powerful tool. I once sold, uh, sorry, not sold, but we once landed a contract off of me sending emails to uh, different construction companies for 230 some thousand dollars off of email. Wow. So I'm telling you, email is a very powerful tool. Um, there's different uh, programs you can you can use to see if people opened your email, so you can get better at it. Um, you can do A and B testing as well. I never but, knew there was a thing where you can check whether people opened your email or not. That's crazy. Yes, absolutely, you can. There's a, there's a thing called well, even Microsoft does it. Uh, you can you can see send read receipts to see if people actually uh, uh, answer your emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, actually open yeah, your emails. Look at it. But you can use also something, there's other programs, I think it's, uh, I forget the names, I'll, I'll send it to you afterwards. Uh, but yeah. there's other programs you can, you can actually literally use as your email interface uh, that literally will tell you, if, like, statistics of people that have opened your emails, right? So that's, that's the way to do it. I would say just try whatever it is that you're interested in, send out emails, send out feelers, and go from there. I've once uh, even tried... Uh, uh, a laundry business on Kijiji, mm-hmm. like automated laundry. I'll pick up your laundry, um, and I'll drop it off. I just wanted to test out if it was gonna gonna work. Oh, wow, yeah. And people, mm-hmm. and I, I actually had a Google Forms where people would schedule themselves in, and people were using it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. So there's like, don't underestimate yeah. this uh, new world we live in. Mm-hmm. Nah. And that's could, true. Yeah, you could do like, stuff. And it's a big place. Like you don't know who is looking. At that, like, advert. And someone's always looking for something, you know? So. Absolutely. You can create a business out of it, like anything almost. Like, the possibilities are almost endless, I think. So, what skills would you say is most important for someone, like, in end of high school, early university, and they're trying to go into business? What skill would be the most important right now for them to learn? Skill, um, I would say basic accounting. Just be basic. Like, knowing your uh, profit and loss statements. Other than that, would be uh, knowing how to write emails, uh, proper emails, like actual like <laughs> like professional emails. Yeah. That would be a huge um, uh, skill. Other than that, it's all about drive. Uh, like, what kind of drive do you have? Are you gonna give up after uh, the fiftieth email? Because you know it probably takes a hundred for you to, to to go to yeah. uh, to get one response. To be honest, it literally takes about. A, a hundred emails, you'll probably get one response, if you're lucky. Are you willing to do that is the question. Uh, do you have the drive and, and the patience for it? Yeah. yeah. I think to be very resilient, you know, uh, especially in the face of failure, to, like, keep pushing and, like, keep sending those emails or keep grinding whatever you're grinding. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that. those are my, my recommendations. Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, I just have one more question for you. How much would you say community is beneficial within the field of business? No, that's a good question. So to the level of like where you see like a lot of other communities that have been in in Edmonton or in North America longer than us, and they have like sort of well-established roots in the community. Like everybody knows somebody in some field, and there's like a lot of overlap between the two. Do you say would you say that like the Somali community is at that point now? Honestly, no, um, but. Is there, are there a lot of opportunities within the the niche, I would call it a niche um, uh, community? 
uh, niche businesses and like Somali businesses would be niche or servicing them or would, would there be a lot of opportunities there for sure like the, in the distribution channel for example if you even think about uh, the meat market right like I'm sure we could figure something else something out in, in, in that or we can figure out uh, something you know in, in that community that's needed right there's always a need there but that's very difficult. Niche businesses are very difficult to uh, to find. Um, it's like uh, digging in a mine and and trying to find that one piece of gold. Like it's very difficult. Whereas if you were servicing the broader community, or the broader uh, Edmonton as general, or if you uh, Canada as general, uh, the whole society, that that opens up a lot more doors, right? So there's a lot of uh, successful Somali, uh, way more successful. I wouldn't consider even consider myself successful compared to them. Um, there's a lot more successful guys out there and and girls, um, and you can literally see that a majority of them don't service Somali businesses, right? Like if you look at the case studies, it's like general the mm-hmm. guys doing apps or he's doing uh, a studio of apps or whatever. Another girl is doing. Uh, a cream that services everybody. Uh, there's no particular uh, like huge successes. I don't think within just like the Somali niche. Mm-hmm. There's a few of them that you could say some restaurants here and there, but they're not like major uh, successes. I would say and when I say major successes, I would say like over ten million dollars okay. a year. Like anything under that is like niche. It's like you're a small business. Mm-hmm. Like even that, even ten is small. Like if you get to like hundreds. Hundred millions is that that's very big, right? So, I mean, I would say there's opportunities within the community, but I would I would focus on uh, servicing the humanity as a whole. Like if you can figure something out for all of humanity, I mean, you're winning. You're, you got a billion dollar business. If you're gonna service, you know, just Canada, you got a multi million dollar business. So if 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 you're gonna focus on just Somali businesses, you may do a hundred thousand. Uh, Maybe a hundred thousand a year, maybe two, maybe two hundred thousand a year. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. You got to remember, we only have about thirty thousand people here mm-hmm. in Edmonton as a Somali community. Yeah. If you got a dollar from each, if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to think yeah. about it that way, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to look at the economics of it. It just doesn't make sense to uh, just service the Somali. Uh, needs that's that's my take anyways yeah understandable actually makes makes a lot more sense since the general community like if if you service everybody you get more customers more clients yeah and i guess that's how it works out exactly and it's like just the numbers yeah yeah okay um yeah great i think i think we're getting towards the end uh, of the episode here so um yeah like any like last comments or no, no I, I appreciate you having me on. This is my first podcast. Uh, I hope it turns out well. I hope uh, people have benefited. Uh, I hope people start businesses and uh, they uh, they get that uh, drive to do it, uh, inshallah. And then uh, I pray that everybody uh, has success. And uh, we need more millionaires. Um, I'm not a millionaire. We need more millionaires out there. Uh, we need billionaires. And uh, we need people that are working hard. Um, in everything, in every aspect of life, whether, whether you're in university, just grinding, studying, um, just give it your all. Whatever it is you're doing, try to be your best at it. That's my advice, and I appreciate it. Okay, awesome. Thank you for coming here and uh, you know sharing your story and uh, sharing your experiences. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, thank you.